It's Amber Bradley, your host for the unscripted side of LP. It's Talk LP Podcast time. What's up, Talk LP Podcast fans? It's podcast time, everybody's favorite time of the week. It's Amber Bradley again. Now with my esteemed co-host, Dave Shugan from Carter's. How are you, man? I am good, Amber. Great seeing you again. Thank you. You're filling your seat as co-host, and you helped me drag in <laughs> Rob Lakamari with Big Lots. Hello. Welcome to the hot seat, Talk LP. Thank you. Welcome, and thanks, David, for, uh, for uh, roping me in. <laughs> See, this way I can utilize some people that were interviewed that can help me get people that are like, you know, the untouchables. That's right. Hmm. You're in that category now, Rob. <laughs> oh, see, and I would have thought the opposite being in the company of Dave. So. <laughs> being in Shugan's company. All right, Shugan, as my co-host, I'm turning it over to you. First question out of the gate. All right, lead off batter. Here we go, Rob. Great seeing you as well, Rob. I appreciate you taking time out of your day uh, to join Amber uh, and myself. So let's start off right off the bat. Tell us about your background, how long you've been in it, what you've been doing, companies you work for, um, just kind of a, a brief overview, if you will. Yeah, sure. Um, and thanks uh, again. Uh, I've been in, in this business since 1990. Uh, like so many of us in our roles currently, it started as a part-time job catching shoplifters. And uh, I wasn't very good at that. I was just good enough to keep my job. But what, would, what did pique my interest was the internals that I saw all of those leaders above me do. And it, it wasn't very long after I started that a couple of them took me under their wing and couldn't do this today without any training, allowed me to put people in the chair and sitting on a milk crate in the back of a convenience store um, conducting internal investigations. So uh, got pretty good at that and parlayed it right after college into a role at L Brands back when they were they owned everybody, 12, 13 different brands. And, uh, you know, it was, you know, have suitcase, we'll travel and interview, 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 and uh, fly around the country. So incredible amount of experience. And uh, that role at L Brands, if you look at my resume, would make it look like about every five years I changed jobs, but actually it was a 24 year run because uh, I spun off to one of the brands, Limited Two, uh, and then that became its own company, Tween Brands, uh, and then Limited Two became Justice, and then it got purchased by the Asina Retail Group, and uh, and then I I led the the Limited Two and Justice brands uh, halfway through that journey, and then eventually all of the Asina brands. Um, sad to see that uh, many of them aren't around, and what's happened to them now, uh, because I love them down the street, but um, unbelievable amount of experience, five six different corporate entities, eight different roles, um, and I think promoted seven different times within that 24 years. So an unbelievably great role, great people, and uh, all specialty retailing soft lines. Pivoted a couple of years ago, an incredible opportunity opened up in my hometown here in Columbus, Ohio, and uh, that's where I've spent two plus years uh, heading up the big lots uh, department. And so uh, from store detective all the way on up you name it the roles uh, i've had them i've enjoyed them and uh and, and lived in detroit 
Los Angeles, Chicago, and now Columbus. So it's been it's been one heck of a great ride, and I get to do it with with, with people like you, David, and all those others in the business that uh, that we lean on each other all the time when we're facing those big critical problems. So appreciate your friendship and partnership throughout the years, because I know I've leveraged all of your thoughts uh, all the way through on out many times over the years uh, to help us solve the solve some problems. Well, that's great. And, and you know, I, I'm looking at your jacket with the big exclamation point of, of kind of where you are in your career. And it's been, uh, I've known you for a while. And going back to the L Brands piece, you know, I know back in my early career, L Brands was the place to be. Uh, if you got in with L Brands, you were somewhere in your career. Um, I never had the fortunate opportunity to do so, but I know what it did for you in your career. And again, that exclamation point of where you're at now. Um, I guess a little, little background different back there, um, but uh, I know you're doing wonderful, great things. So I appreciate everything that you've done throughout your career for, uh, for the loss prevention industry. So, yeah. Rob, what's really interesting to me when you, when you just described kind of how your career has evolved, right? And that's what I was thinking on your LinkedIn profile. I was like, man, this guy's a job jumper. So I appreciate you clearing that up. <laughs> it was totally transition. Just kidding. But when you look at, you know, transitioning from roles after a company's been acquired, right, or whatever happens, and it seems like that's not the norm, what you've accomplished, which is being able to um, go along with the different companies that have then, you know, you're talking about equity firms and capital things and all these things that happen within an organization. Most of the time, people are like, okay, we're cleaning house. Or we bring in someone in and they bring their own team in. Talk a little bit about to our audience that kind of runs the gamut, right? Of all different levels. Do you have any advice for how you go along with that and whether the company itself is in major transition, which is what you've described kind of along the way, you made it, like you were going with the ship. How did you do that? Because it doesn't seem like normal. You normally get the ax thrown you know, when there's a change of major leadership, how did that, how does that work? Yeah, it, it, it's, uh, it's tricky to reprove yourself um, multiple times. Uh, the key for me, you know, because it's real important when that kind of change happens, do I want to be a part of it? So I'm analyzing the new leaders as much as they're looking at what we're able to accomplish. And so there was a, a set of great leaders every instance that I wanted to be a part of and work for. And then it just became trusting what you do and how you execute will be recognized. And it will be as it was with the previous administration, it's going to be again when they see the value that we can bring. Um, and that's, that's been a great formula for me to connect with the new leaders, understand and learn whatever new culture they bring. And then given time to make sure that you can prove to them what your value and worth is beyond just you know, the traditional loss prevention asset protection. And, and once that's recognized, then, you know, you're, you're on that solid footing again until the next pivot or curveball that's thrown at you. But knowing that you have that experience behind you makes it easier the next time leadership skills that you kind of develop and, and you put in your back pocket in case you need them later. Yeah. So, and one more follow-up on that. I'll throw it over to Shugan. Um, so in, in, uh, with the shrink game, it's typically, what have you done for me lately? Right. I mean, you have all these great quarters of, of shrink results and then it's like, hey, wait, but what happened yesterday <laughs> sometimes? Right. So when you talk about reproving yourself, sometimes that happens in a very quick 
facet, right? I mean, if like, if, if the, the change of the leadership comes and do you have anything specific that you said, Hey, when I'm reproving myself here, here is one thing that I make sure I communicate right off the bat. I mean, is there one, I don't know. I don't know if there's one thing you can point to, but what do you think? Well, from the beginning, it starts with the connection to operations because we all know that you can't make and have an effective program without being in lockstep with the operators. So if you, if you don't turn that on and have that in the beginning, none of the other things are going to matter. You also won't get your results and it'll be pretty predictable, the, the, the jump and shrink. And so making sure you know that if the, if the new leaders are coming in on that side of the house, nothing's more important than making sure your teams are connected that way. Once you do that, then find another lever besides shrink. Um, there, there's a lot of talk and rightfully so about total retail loss and Dr. Adrian Beck and what he's done and kind of pioneering it several years ago in departments looking holistically at other things. I've been doing versions of that where I came from uh, well before that, just making sure that we can look to see where else can we drive efficiency to process uh, safety numbers, GL workers comp. Not a comprehensive 45 bullet point, you're gonna change all of what you do, but in addition to the primary pillar of shrink, find something else that you can help move the needle on and once you've established that connection of ops, move the needle in some other way other than what you're, you're being paid to do in your own lane, that's when you can show your worth and, it'll, and, and hopefully be recognized. You, you want to do it because it's the right thing, but it's also strategic in that your leadership recognizes the value you bring beyond traditional asset protection. Oh, that's yeah. great advice. Shugan? Yeah, and, and I'm going to try to pull on that thread a little bit, Your kind of your last two questions about you know, you've had a lot of different leaders uh, leading you with all your organizational changes. And you said, I think promoted seven times in 24 years. So that's just, you know, speaks to your leadership. So that being said, what is it with your leadership that maybe has stayed consistent or where have you grown from your leadership styles, knowing that you've had different leaders to kind of prove yourself again uh, throughout all those changes? One of the things I think that helped was I, I reported to the stores group, SVP of ops to CFO, to, to legal, to the um, um, corporate counsel, as well as to the head of HR. And so every time you go through, and as you know, David, you, you've run departments for a long time. You, you're always dipping your toe in every one of those department waters on any given day. And so I've always looked at, yes, I have a preference and it's optimal for me. I prefer the financial CFO route with all of those. But every one of those pieces taught me some other part of the business that added value to me, especially in human resources and in understanding and being a part of that group and the way they drive your culture and the leadership that they expect of their top level and having a direct connection on weekly meetings really helped, uh, you know, lay continued foundation on strategy and things that I might have been good at, maybe by mistake or because I learned it, you know, by making wrong decisions multiple times and said, hey, this way works, I'm going to try that. And, and then a few years later, oh, there's an actual leadership principle there. That would have been good to know. Um, I'm going <laughs> to apply that a little bit differently and more effectively, and then maybe help my team understand that to, to bring them up as well. 
And so uh, all of those different pieces and all those different reporting structures kind of helped each time that I had a new uh, boss, new responsibility, new role, et cetera, kind of taking from all of those, applying them, and again, doing those things that I mentioned earlier. Yeah, I think they're all important to have. You know, you gotta you gotta pivot, uh, as you said, uh, with leaderships because different leaders have different expectations. Um, so I appreciate that. So you, you kind of mentioned over a course of a career, though. So let's kind of let's flip the side. So you're getting uh, you're not getting any younger, unlike myself, who stays the same age. Um, but there's a lot of young people looking to come into this industry. I have a, a 19 year old son that's a criminal justice major. Uh, so that you know, this is a an industry that I know you have so much passion on um, from speaking uh, uh, at uh, conferences to uh, your leadership just with your team that I, I've known throughout the years. What advice uh, can you give that next generation that's coming in, uh, whether it's folks on your team now, uh, folks that are in school today, ones that are thinking about getting in loss prevention, asset protection, because as you said, it's about um, protecting the assets of an organization, not just about shrink. Um, it's about you know, the whole uh, outlook. So uh, advice, uh, give, us the, give us the wisdom, if you will. Well, the obvious one, um is analytics. It's, it's the big data world that we're in and understanding and, and being as proficient as you can be with you know, machine learning and AI and the different tools that are out there. And it touches and is interwoven into all fabrics of the business right now. So coming in with a higher business uh, acumen that way will really be helpful. Uh, and I think that, that that's probably 10 years ago, if you said no one would have said an answer to that. In the last five, everyone that you asked this question would start and lead with that. And I don't think that's going to ever change. The second piece would be that the cyber world, uh, anything you can learn transferably that helps you, they, they used to live in completely separate silos. You've got your cyber breach security teams and you have your asset protection teams and, and they don't talk other than if maybe there's a tabletop exercise. Otherwise, they do what they do and we do what we do. But that's such a, a huge component of a business that the more you can learn and help uh, in that realm, the better position you're going to be. Two of the kind of things that future-proof yourself because if you're, if you're starting in and you know that, it's gonna pay you back far more than when you and I were out catching choplifters and you know, making, you know, making our bones with stats at the end of every month. You know, those days are, are long gone replaced by all of those things that uh, you know that are going to make you successful in addition to the asset protection piece. And then the third thing I'd always say is leadership. Um, you know, I had lucky to have some people that, you know, taught me what that looked like and modeled it. And, and I didn't necessarily always know when I was being trained in leadership other than filing mental notes away of, wow, if I ever ran a department, I would do, you know, what Joe did for me when I was at Structure what Leo did for me when I was at Limited too. Those opportunities to get me in front of people and present. And I remember early on, I thought, he just doesn't want to do this work. That's why he's asking me to do this. And, uh, and that's okay, because I need the experience, not really understanding and grasping that. That presence in front of those senior leaders, getting comfortable is priceless. And you can't replicate that by reading a book. You have to experience those kinds of leadership moments. So anything that you can do from cybersecurity, analytics, and gaining leadership, knowledge and experience is gonna set you up with the foundation to be successful. 
Now that's great advice. And so the next question may lead right into that, which is, you know, if you had to go back to your 22 year old self, right? You know, what, what advice would you give him to kind of say, okay, Hey, when you come to the fork in the road, go this way. Not, I mean, I don't know, whatever it is. Um, what would you say? You might not do anything differently. No, no, there, you know, I'd love to tell my 22 year old self it's, just because you're really good at what you do doesn't get you ready for that next level. There are other pieces that make you better other than being an expert in your current role. And, uh, and it, it took me some time to understand and realize you, you, it can be both. And we know that and we see it in the stores. Best store manager you ever saw. Man, they are unbelievable at running the tightest ship and they promote them to a district manager and what they try to do is what they did in that one store in all 15 of their stores, which of course they can't do because they have to take it up a level and figure out how to lead through their teams. And, uh, and I, I would love to tell myself, uh, be patient and do those things that you asked me in the previous question. What are those things I can do and learn in addition to just being really good at what I can do that can prepare me for next? Because I wasn't doing any of those things to prepare myself. I just thought I should be recognized. I'm doing great in my role. And until I had somebody show me, hey, there's these other pieces and components that if you wanna be successful up here, here's those building blocks. And, and I would be very specific about what they would be to myself so that I knew that I was you know, moving in the right direction and learning and doing those things in, in preparation. Oh, that's yeah. good, good advice. Yeah, and, and knowing going back to that 22-year-old self to where you are today, um, you surround yourself with smart people um, and, and, and use a network. Um, I know for myself, there's, um, I've had some great leaders and bosses, um, but from an AP side where I've aligned myself with, there's a few names out there. Um, you mentioned a Joe and a Leo. Um, I, I think I know who you're talking about there, but I have a couple Joes, whether it's Joe Hardman, Joe LaRocca, um, on, on, and Wayne Hoover and Shane Sturman, people have taught me a tremendous amount. Who, who, do you, who have you used in your career, just maybe two or three, and maybe just a, a quick snippet of what do those people mean to you today and, and what they've done for you? Well, it, you would think that, and it's, it's Joe Reisinger and Leo Duran, um, and the list is longer today than it was then. There were key leadership moments and pieces to the puzzle that they help unlock for me and get me to the next level. But I'd say in the last five years, um, I consider yourself in one of those tight knit groups. Um, and I, I almost fear naming names because I'm going to leave someone out invariably. But I know I did. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Scott, Scott McBride and, yeah. and Shane Barry. And, Jack, uh, Jack. and um, oh man, it, more, more will come to me for sure. It's like right? the Emmy nominations. You're standing on stage. You want to think, yeah. mom and this and that. I know. I understand tough. now why they come up with that big long list. And I would even argue in the past uh, eight months, um, you know, Letty at Costco and Meredith at PetSmart and, and David Lund at Dick's, um, unbelievable amount of COVID conversations, essential retailers um, staying open and really communicating and talking and sharing, you know, the, the things that we all are trying to solve for now. That's what I love about the asset protection community. We're wired to want to be able to protect and it's people first and then it's product, but that people first protection drives, um, there's no egos, right? Every one of us would 
would do what made sense and we wouldn't care whose idea it was if it kept somebody safe. And, uh, and so to that end, uh, leveraging the community that we have and have had for the past five years is as valuable as anything that I learned early on that got me to next because it keeps you here. It keeps you sharp and focused and making sure that what you're doing is, is timely, is relevant and industry leading because there are a ton of people out there that have so much talent. Why wouldn't you tap that if, if you had the opportunity? And I've been lucky enough to have relationships with those and so many more that have, uh, have helped me stay where I'm at and, and our department to keep our people safe. Yeah, I think that's um, what's so cool about the LP industry is in the fact that it's it's small. I mean, it feels small, but it's it's not. I mean, you guys are responsible for, you know, mass amounts of stores and, and assets. And it's it's cool, though, that we all seem to, to come together um, and share best practices. So speaking of that and professional development and and I know you're very involved in RELA and have done something with NRF and you're a CFI. So is there any, if you had to pick one, maybe not, but if you had to pick something that you said, hey, look, you know, I wouldn't be where I am without this. I mean, is there something specific you can tell our audience to say, hey, look, if you only had to pick one thing first, I would do this or then maybe followed by different other professional development things to, to help people, because you know, they're striving for where you are now. So how do they get there? Yeah, well, they all have their own purpose, and it depends on uh, kind of what arm of investigations or asset protection that you want to pursue. I have, you know, um, an investigator that works for me as a certified fraud examiner, and that's far more important than many of the other certifications because of the kind of work that's being done, as well as a, several other alphabet style of certifications and online investigations, et cetera. Um, so if someone pursuing a career in that would look at it significantly different than, you know, the CFI designation, which I highly, highly recommend. Um, there is a, a right way to do it and the, the gold standard and how you handle professional investigations. And so um, that's something I encourage. And the vast majority of those that work for me are and those that aren't are encouraged to and we fund it because it's just that important to stay current. So if you're gonna handle investigations, to me, it's a kind of a non-negotiable, the approach that you take. Um, and then of course, you know, you have um, the loss prevention um, certifications as well, LPC, LPQ. Uh, those really help early on when you're trying to get really a firm understanding of what the opportunities are in asset protection. So by achieving that standard, you can kind of then look at it and say, hey, I really enjoy studying this sector I'm going to pursue a career in the supply chain side of asset protection. I want to go into distribution centers. That's where I'm hardwired or analytics or in the stores, et cetera. So you get an idea of not only having accomplished something and, uh, and it's, that's important, but also it helps kind of shape and steer where your direction might be, you know, and your energy might be best geared towards. All right, Shugan, I'm passing it over to you. Last question. Last question. All right. So um, I'm going to go kind of the same thing. So you have your certification, CFI, LPF, LPC, uh, RELA, NRF, all those great things. But we also have cameras, locks, keys, safes. Uh, everyone's trying to sell something. Um, and we can't do our job without those people. Because um, all those things I mentioned, we need to be successful in our business. Um, but if you had to say to a vendor, hey, I need you to do this to help me utilize you or have that connection um, so I can even be better. What, what's that vendor relationship like? You know, how does that go for you? 
we can't do our jobs without vendors, right? There's, there's too many moving pieces. The technology is always changing. Everything requires that we're on our network these days. And so um, it's, it's a constant for us. We're one eye open of what everybody's using to solve for all of those different pieces to the puzzle that you had just mentioned. And so, you know, it, it obviously has to be the right product solving for our needs. So listen, listen to hear what our issue and problem is. It's, we're not all cookie cutter. Um, some things are pretty standard. The safe's the safe. How big do you need one? How long do you need to lock it up for? But there are a lot of nuance in the technology of the way that all the other um, specialty retailing up to big box retailing run. So listen to what you're trying to solve for. Bring solutions to the table that solve for that, of course. Um, and then the relationships, although I don't say that they're not the most important, they do matter. Integrity matters. And, um, you know, delivering upon when things don't go perfect, how do you remedy them? No vendors ever rolled anything out and didn't have a single misstep. And we would never expect perfection. How do they handle it when those things happen? And by the way, we make mistakes sometimes. We didn't show up when we were supposed to. We would want them to you know, understand that it, there's a lot of moving pieces to, to retail, but uh, and understand and an urgency, that appropriate urgency. So listen, integrity, uh, relationships matter, and, and how do you make it right when missteps happen? And, uh, and hopefully they're few and far between. If they are, that's the, the sound relationship to, to the vendors. And, um, and I appreciate them, believe me. Uh, and, and, and I, I really look, enjoy looking to see what's next. Um, and then the last thing is just making sure if, if it's not a solution, you don't need to keep emailing me. I've already let you know. <laughs> this doesn't work for us. Thank you. Um, not interested. I'm always cordial and respond, but be respectful of the, uh, this isn't something that works for us, but you know, if it ever did and change, I have your information. I, I know I can look you up or I want it, but I'm being blocked. Don't have the funds for it. Please have an understanding of that on the other side. And the vast majority of them get that. And, uh, and that's what I appreciate most is, you know, they, no one wants to waste each other's time. And so we get, we cut, we cut right to it. And, and that's why I've had some great relationships going forward. Yeah, that's a big deal. So people aren't going to wear you down the number of emails and calls you have no. to, to hit delete on. It's not going to wear you down. So listen to the feedback. It's funny how many times people say that and it's, you want to say, you know, that seems pretty obvious, you know, when you're, it's the hard no, it's a no. <laughs> well, I look. feel like we need like a buzzer to hit like ding, ding, ding on people's yeah. answers real quick. Just so they, they kind of know, hey, like, hey, you hit that one right. That's, that's where I am. Yeah, that, that is a common theme. So it, the solution providers that are listening to this, take it in, take it in. You heard it here I, first. I think most of them get that and, and they do a, a fairly good job. Um, again, they, they have a lot of people to call on. They don't want to waste time talking to someone who, who can or doesn't want, have an interest in their product. But I tend to, to look at just about everything I can get my hands on. I probably shouldn't say that out loud in case they're listening. <laughs> but I really do like to look at everything that's out there and consider it uh, just because, you know, you, you never know when there's a better mousetrap out there that you want to deploy and you owe yourself in the business looking at everything possible. So, you know, a little bit harder to do these days uh, in COVID virtually, but uh, eventually when the world opens up and we get our shot, I'm looking forward to 
walking the halls and seeing people and old friends and, and you guys as well, and also looking at the solutions uh, first, you know, firsthand to see, you know, that, that, that will hopefully come in 21. If not, I know we'll be poised the following year. Let's, let's hope that it's sometime this year though. Yeah, for sure. It, well, listen, it was an honor to get you guys together. I really appreciate you coming on Talk LP. Uh, I know everybody took a lot away from this one. So we appreciate it, Rob. We've had to pull you in. I had to enlist Shugan. So I appreciate you, Shugan, for my co-hosting. You did a great job. And Rob, we really appreciate you. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, Rob. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Amber. And, thanks, and guys. David, I, I enjoyed it. Thanks so much. Thanks. We'll talk at you later, Talk LP podcast fans. Make sure you download Talk LP News app. It is breaking news headlines right in the palm of your hand. Download it anywhere you get your apps. That's my plug. I'm sticking to it. See you later, guys.